Record. Record. Season four. And then afterwards we will hit the uh, recorder leg. We're not going to do that. That side is too sweet. Mm. It is a novelty cider. That's what I would call that drink. Yeah, do you remember when recorder leg first came out? And it was like, oh, how good's this? And you have two sips. Well, sorry. First sip, how good's this? Second sip, oh, it's a bit much, isn't it? Yeah. And then like 45th sip, you're like, oh, I'm quite drunk now. Yeah, but not super into this, but, but I, I drink think, a lot of it. I think a lot of it is just the sugar high. Like mm. I can't get through a bottle because they come in like five hundred mil bottles, don't they? Yeah, that's huge. mental. They've like lowered them now. I think you can get the smaller bottles of recorder leg, elderflower, and lime and strawberry and bullshit. Bullshit was my favorite flavor. How about you? Do you remember the Oasis drinks? Oasis drinks. Yeah, the the Oasis. Uh, they were a non-carbonated uh, fruit drink. Kind of, in the late nineties, I used to sit down with. Ah, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that Oasis. I reckon it was strawberry and kiwi fruit, and I used to have one every day after school while watching the Brady Bunch on Channel Nine. Oh, brilliant! Despite the fact that I wasn't growing up in the fifties, and then looking back on them, I expect that an Oasis drink was one hundred and eighty percent sugar. I think, roughly, one hundred and eighty percent sugar is about what you want when you're watching the Brady Bunch. I think. That's Who's fucking who? Which was the uh, alternate oh. title for the Brady Bunch. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> who I mean, be I fucking? Know, I know there were some backstage shenanigans, but I don't think there were many plot lines that involved <laughs> who be fucking. Yeah, that was, you had to read the. You, so, you had to sort of read between the lines. Are you telling me that when they went to Hawaii and there was that scene where the uh, tarantula crawled on Bobby's face, that that was actually like? Did he call it his face? I only remember it going on his pillow. Uh, I remember well. I think that they show it crawling, like, up his chest and I think onto his face, or maybe his pillow, but I also remember reading it was faked using camera angles and glass. Oh, okay. And that it didn't actually make contact with Bobby. Huh. Because Bobby said, hey, 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 I'm not here to fuck spiders. <laughs> I don't remember any part of it looking particularly unconvincing, whatever it was exactly, but obviously yeah. I don't really fully remember it. I yeah. do remember part two of that episode... Was it opened with Mike Brady doing this very awkward expositional? Who would have thought that our trip to Hawaii would end up like this? And then just oh, wow. running through a list of everything. Should we do a Brady Bunch podcast? Uh, what would we call it? Uh, the Brady Fox. Laughing at that, harder than it deserves, I think. I enjoyed that a lot. Are we ready to start the episode of? Uh, our Simpsons podcast. We'll uh, we'll we'll put our Brady Bunch podcast to the side for one moment. Sure, sure. Um, I like that we're both now playing with the yarn that's on our record on my recording table. Um, quite a nice yarn, this. You know what else was a good yarn? The Brady Bunch. Hey, who would have thought that our Brady Bunch podcast would end up like this? Oh, I'm just playing on point most of that as the sting, but yeah, it's, yeah. put all of that as the sting. Oh, who cares? Um, <laughs> Me, I've had of the episode. <laughs> this is very important. <laughs> Nothing's important. Episode 34 
of pods in the key of spring field, field. pods in the key season four <laughs> episode one camp crusty and season four episode two a streetcar named marge named marge so on to season four now season four of popular tv show the simpsons now hot take up front haven't watched the whole season back yet I have a feeling this might end up being the best season of The Simpsons. The when best. all is said and done, I think we might look back and say season four, that was my shit. Right. All the other seasons should have been like this. Uh, we'll sing the rest of Hollaback Girl. It'll be better than what I'm doing right now. We will have worked on it. Oh, seems has been like that. Oh, right. Yeah. I didn't know those were the lyrics in Hollaback Girl. <laughs> they might is, not be. Is that the one with the shit is bananas? B-A-N-A-N-A-S? Yeah, B-A-N-A-N-A-S. Yeah. Oh, okay. Every time I spell the word banana, that plays in my head, which is irritating because the word banana is not particularly difficult to spell. No. And yet it plays in my head as though I need it. Yeah. I wish Gwen Stefani had done one for a slightly more difficult word like February. (laughs) (laughs) The shit's in Mississippi. (laughs) M-I-S-S-I-S-S-I-P-P-I. That was really cool because you ended up doing a... And hello to any listeners out there with a degree in music because I'm sure to get this wrong. You ended up doing, it was either a triplet or you went into a five-on-four thing. I think it might have been a five-on-four thing. Either way, man, it was heaps cool. Sure. That shit was <laughs> whack. Hey, speaking of things that are whack, before I hit play on Camp Krusty, season yeah. four, episode one of popular TV show, The Simpsons. Sure. The uh, thing that which that, that our podcast oh, is... whacking day, oh, whacking day. That's in this season. Oh, that, that is whack. But that's not what I was going to talk about. Okay. I accidentally hit the button to play a message from Matt Groening. <laughs> um, and I think the only way that that has ever been watched is perhaps people hitting it accidentally. Because really, who cares? But There's probably a lot of people who like The Simpsons, I think. Uh, it's unlikely that anyone listening to this podcast, though, is a fan of The Simpsons. Yeah, they came here looking for the Brady Bunch. <laughs> for some reason. <laughs> It's not going to make any sense if you now put that sting at the end, is it? Yeah, well, that's fine. Well, that's, a, that's a forward sell. <laughs> forward sell to our weird sting about the Brady Bunch. <laughs> sure, yeah, if you like that, stick around for the sting. Um, no, it's so I have a thousand podcatchers, that's generous, but a lot of podcatchers turning off. Um, so I accidentally hit play on the Matt Groening message. Yep. And it's a little preview of season four and how he talks about it. It's a fan favourite and how it's got all these classic... Things that are immortal. Immortal is a word that he uses more than once, which I think is weird because the Simpsons were never alive to begin with. It's a rather pedantic point. <laughs> yes, thank you. But or it's about it's strapping. It's about to get worse. He says, "Oh, and this episode, this season also has my favorite ever Simpsons line. It's in uh, Marge versus the Monorail, and it's when they discover the family of possums or whatever it is. And yep. and Homer says, and then it cuts to the the proper voice. Michael, the big one, Bitey." And then you hear Matt Groening laugh to himself for 25 minutes. Yes. <laughs> that is that is a pretty shit best line in The Simpsons. Yeah, I remember finding out about this years and years and years ago and thinking, huh, that's odd. Conan O'Brien, this is of course jumping ahead a little bit because yeah. we will eventually cover that episode. David Crockett? Yes. Uh, that episode of The Brady Bunch. But uh, Conan <laughs> O'Brien, who is the writer of that episode, I remember the audio commentary for that episode of the show... The show The Simpsons, popular animated sitcom. He yeah. says uh, that people also come up... Also known as the Conan O'Brien show. Yeah. People come up to him on the street all the time and say, Dude, I call the big one Bitey. Uh, so that's a thing, apparently. Oh, well, maybe this is an American thing, because I've never had a particular fondness for that line. Should we start calling our listeners Bite Nation? 
Bite Nation. <laughs> Bite Nation. Is that in a spe- in a reference to something specific? Well, Bitey, they're Bite Nation. Yeah, 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 yeah but... Uh, oh, oh. You can't just throw they're a... Bite fans. You can't throw a listener nickname on me like that and expect me to get on board without... <laughs> Without going through the correct processes. Speaking of going through the correct processes, should we talk about Camp Krusty? Just trying to avoid it. <laughs> um, Why? It's a great episode. Yeah, I know. I just don't like playing by the rules of the own, of, of our own format that As we invented. You, you know, sometimes when I'm watching an episode, I get very excited and write a note in my book near the title of the, um, the episode. You know, sometimes when we touch, the honesty is too much and I have to close my eyes and cry. Yeah, I feel the same way. But, um, I want to this... hold you till I die. Till we both break down and cry. I want to hold you till this fear in me subsides. Yeah, I know, Nick. But uh, the, <laughs> the thing is, uh, this one, my note near the top. <laughs> you alright? <laughs> Just breeze past it. Yeah, of you course. Can't, you can't breeze past a reference to the lyrics of early 90s pop star Newton. <laughs> who I think that song is by. If that Newton's law is at the moment. Ah, Newton's three law of emotion. Rule number one, sometimes when we touch, the honesty's too much. <laughs> Rule number two, I want to hold you till I die. Till we both... <laughs> if only more people knew who Newton was. That could be our first ever meme. <laughs> Alright, well having lost every listener, now we can circle back. Hey, the talking thing- about the show we're apparently about. <laughs> so under Camp Krusty, I've written, this is the good shit. Yes. And uh, uh, the next episode got into this episode, Fox, which is, you know, my top, top rating. Yes. I mean, uh, <laughs> your, your top rating. Yes. <laughs> if we were to introduce a rating system like our pod brothers over at Simpsons Index, yeah. <laughs> it wouldn't be Cubic Zirconia as a top. It would be this fucks. <laughs> yeah, this episode fucks. That's my top top recommendation. <laughs> so Camp Krusty. Here's a bit of interesting trivia about Camp Krusty that I just happened to know. Can't wait. Okay. Did you know that Camp Krusty was originally the idea they wanted to use for the very first Simpsons movie? They were going to do a Simpsons oh. movie back in the 90s, and they wanted it to be about Camp Krusty, Bud and Lisa going there, having a bad time, you know, basically this episode. Mm. But the reason they didn't do it is once they sat down and sort of started writing out this episode, they realized they barely had enough material to fill 20 minutes. Like, they struggled to get this one to full length. Yeah, right. Which is funny, because this episode is fucking jam-packed. It is a dense episode, yeah. It was also either this year or last year. Who can know how time works anymore? They did a semi-sequel to this episode. A semi-sequel? I guess, I haven't seen it. They go back to Camp Krusty, I think. <laughs> An unseen semi-sequel. Yeah. I'm enjoying the alliteration of this, Jekyll. Yeah, sure. Is it unseen a... Wait, semi- what, yeah, what, okay. what, what season are they up to? 29 they're up to. I don't oh. know if it was a 29 or a 28 episode, though. Oh, it would have been nice if it was a 67. 67? Because then it would have been a season 67 unseen semi-sequel. Yeah, I guess. By Sammy the Snake. and um... By Sammy the Snake. Yeah, I don't know. I Popular should... Simpsons writer Sammy the Snake. <laughs> yeah, totally. <laughs> one, of the, one of the characters came to light. No, he's not called Sammy the Snake. He's called Jailbird. <laughs> well, he's called Snake. So, okay, is that this Snake Jailbird? Is his he he Jailbird? is a Jailbird, I think. I don't think his name is Jailbird. I think his surname is Jailbird. I want to talk about this episode, The Simpsons. Yes, 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 yes. Okay, yes. so you know this opening dream sequence where Bart imagines uh, Quibopper lets him 
get a C average on everything and then they destroy the school. Mm. Yeah. Somehow when I watched this as a kid, I have a distinct memory of being very young and seeing this episode and getting my wires completely crossed. And somehow, you're showing me his name is Snake Jailbird, that's fine. Uh, somehow getting my wires very crossed while watching this. And I must have missed like 40 seconds of it because somehow I didn't realize this was a dream sequence. Oh, shit. That didn't click with me. And there was some small part of me as a child who thought, oh, I guess in America... That's just what happens at the end of the school year. <laughs> they just destroy the school. I mean, I'd say they're about nine months away from that happening. <laughs> um, that's that's interesting. When I, I think I, we, we may have talked about misconceptions of American schools on a previous episode, but I was adamant that there were a lot of toilet, uh, a lot of heads being flushed in a lot of toilets. Yeah, and I don't know if that happens in America definitely doesn't happen in Australia. Seems to be very common in every story that features a bully. Some kid will get their head dunked, dunked yeah. and flushed. So dunk, the, the old Duncan Flush. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hello, Dun- my, my name's Duncan Flush. Yeah, Duncan Flush was actually the principal of our school. <laughs> <laughs> Bit of a drip, if you ask me. Oh, Jekyll, that was so good. Now, on the other hand, this, uh, this scene also, or immediately after the dream sequence, there's a line that I think might actually be a very... Good indicative line of what the American schooling system is actually like. Just before you get there, is it weird in the dream sequence that in Bart's dream ideal end of day school sequence, he slaps his teacher's ass? Is that weird to you? It's a little weird. Yeah, a little weird. (laughs) Uh, Your ultimate representation of the American schooling system? Well, I mean, this is probably... Obviously, I've never been a part of an American school, so... Are you sure? Yeah. So apologies to all the good teachers out there, but there's a part where... All the kids are running out, and one of the teachers steps out and says, <laughs> You didn't find out how World War II ended. We won! And they all go off chanting USA, and I feel like yeah. that massive reduction of World War II to America winning <laughs> is such an on-point good joke it's very, about the yeah. American school system failing to properly teach history. Yes, I would, I would agree with that assertion. Yeah. Just skipping over all of the important parts of the war. And all of the nuance. And, uh, yeah, that's interesting. Um, mm. I, I was just taking a moment to process that, because normally it's me alienating our American listeners while you try to bring them in. <laughs> but interesting role reversal. Maybe season four is the one where I come around. To America in general? It's not going to happen. Seems unlikely for you. Um, um, There's also a, an earlier scene that I've just skipped wow. over I'm going to jump back to My notes make no sense for this episode <laughs> Really? My first one is Macbeth but isn't <laughs> What does that mean? I mean, he's saying something about that But uh, I feel like you said it at the end of the episode No, it's it's the bit where where Lisa gets a B or a C And she, oh, yeah. and she freaks out and she says something like, oh, it's not washing off, it's not washing off. Oh, uh, the dirt I, won't come off, yeah. Yeah, the dirt won't... I, I always think that's going to turn into out, out, damn spot. The, the <laughs> Lady Macbeth. Um, the, the oceans of great Neptune will not wash this skin clean, spot clean, out, damn spot. But it, it never does. No matter how many times I watch this episode, it never molds to what my expectations are. How is it that you hate content so much, and yet you can perfectly quote Macbeth just offhand? Because I'm... A bundle of contradictions. <laughs> but like I've always said, I might contradict myself, but at least I don't contradict myself. You know, that was like the entire contents of one of the tracks on one of the Lane on Woodley CDs was just uh, Woodley saying that. Oh. Frank Woodley. Scared with little guys or Lane on Woodley? Lane on Woodley. Yeah, right. Cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 
Uh, except if it was Frankly, it would have been like, well, I might contradict myself, but at least I don't contradict myself. Yeah, sure. That's my Frank Woodley. I've never done a Frank Woodley before. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't go very well. <laughs> no one, yeah. has, no well, one, you know, what yeah. are you going to do? I'm not, as con- I'm not as confident in Frank Woodley as I was in Billy Connolly's dad from a previous <laughs> episode. Anyway. So Homer... Homer says something along the lines of, you know, you got to work for all the shit you get, whatever, mamma mia. And then he says, now be quiet, because they're about to announce the lottery numbers. Yes. Which got me thinking, has Homer just quietly been playing the lottery obsessively since Dog of Death? Oh, that's curious. Mm. Um, I think that he may have had a small win, too, because in, what, season one, the when he had the push mower and now he's got a proper like that's season two i think oh that's season two all right well somewhere in between season two and season four he's picked up a proper like a proper rotary mower yeah he's got a good mower yeah good mower. hey nick do you have any stories about mowing by the way um yeah check out uh episode 11 for the <laughs> yeah sort of four stories about mowing the one episode nobody has listened to i feel like is there a correlation between me <laughs> talking about mowing and literally no one listening to that episode do you think the constant links back to hey if you want to hear more stories about mowing People just delete the podcast app off their phones after hearing that. I think more people have listened to the utterly ridiculous Love the Beast episode than they have to the one where I talk about mowing. Significantly more people have listened to the Love the Beast episode than uh, Dancing Homer slash Dead Putting Society. Yeah. People really don't care about Dancing Homer. That's great. People just take that episode and they throw it away. away. Which means we can just like repeat the jokes we made in that episode, I suppose. Oh, sure. If I could remember any of them. Um, well, I was, I did actually think, oh, hum is mowing. I'll tell that story about the time I punctured a basketball. And then I went, no, I did that on episode 11. <laughs> so if you want to hear that tale. The only reason I like that story is because I get to use the phrase, so I was hungry, hungry hippoing with the lawnmower. <laughs> Which I think is a very nice description of the action I was undertaking. That is good. <laughs> Thanks, man. Um, one of my favourite lines to use in situations when it arises. Yeah. Lisa, you're hurting me. <laughs> that is good. Oh, that's a good line. Yeah. How often uh, are people hurting you and you feel the need to say that, though? Um, well, see, I don't know that many people called. Um, I don't know that many people called Lisa, to be honest. I know Lisa. Oh, she yeah. could be listening. She's listened to a few episodes. Real or fictional? What? What? <laughs> Alright. I was trying to give you a boost. <laughs> Fuck. I'm going to sound so ridiculous when I say this. <laughs> I was trying... Well, that'll be a change from how we usually sound on this podcast. <laughs> Fuck. I was trying to give you a leg up into Sneaky Peaks, but now I'm concerned that there is no Lisa on Twin Peaks. There is no Lisa on Twin Peaks. I tried so hard. If you would like to talk about Twin Peaks, though, we can talk about Twin Peaks. I want to talk about the Krusty Seal of Approval, but I reckon you've got notes before that. Uh, I don't, actually. Well, not really. My, oh, my note here Black? says, Mr. Black is good. He's very good. Which is ironic, because he's evil. Yeah. Um, what do you know? Seal of Approval. Yep. The, um, when, when they get to the camp and it's shitty, and then they have the intro speech with Mr. Black, and it's shitty... Uh, and then they get to the cabin and it's shitty. Yeah. Uh, when Bart wipes the dust off the crusty brown seal of approval and says, this is what gives me faith. This is Everything's going to be mm. okay. That gave me a melancholic nostalgia yep. for the childish adoration that you have towards heroes as you're growing up. 
Yeah. Because as anyone who listens to Pods on the Key of Springfield will know, I don't enjoy anyone or anything anymore. <laughs> and when Bart was when Bart was willing to hang all of his faith on the teal haired idol of his, I was like, Man, yeah, I remember what it was like being a kid. What a fucking idiot. Are you saying that this series, like the cynicism of The Simpsons has over time broken you down to the point where you no longer idolize or really respect anyone? That may well be the case. Because what it does... <laughs> I thought I overcooked that and then you just came right in and said, yeah, yeah, sure. <laughs> it may well be the case because immediately after, well, while I was still in the melancholic, nostalgic glow, have yeah. I told you I have a condition in which I glow when I get melancholic, nostalgic? Yeah, that's weird. Um, 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 uh, <laughs> and while I'm still basking in the glow, while I'm still wallowing in my nostalgia, yeah, uh, I wish I could find some more synonyms for nostalgia so that I didn't have to nostalgia, keep saying Nostalgia, the pain it. of an old wound. Yep, go on. Is that what it means? Apparently, oh. kind of madman. Right, that's really interesting. Yeah. Um, so if I had nostalgic, that's the medica. No, never mind. I don't know. Meant to be an analgesic <laughs> joke. I'm not a doctor. Uh, Sorry, I like the way that I defended that. Should with... I get Dr. Cummingsworth back on the podcast? No, he's not welcome. <laughs> I love the way that I d- d- defensively said, come on, man, it's meant to be an analgesic joke. <laughs> yeah. As if that makes yeah. any fucking oh, sense. Oh, yeah, yeah, I was following. Oh, sure. Fuck. Um, no, so while I'm uh, wallowing in the glow of my uh, yearning for days gone by, yeah. my forlorn yearning, if you will, uh, <laughs> they immediately undercut it by showing that Christ is a fucking idiot. <laughs> who, who, one of the things he okayed was a doll that didn't have his head, it had a spike. Yeah. Um, so maybe that, maybe The Simpsons is the reason. Maybe this is actually, maybe this has gone from things I noticed to how The Simpsons has ruined my life. <laughs> See it, um, I have, as you put it once, lived so deep in the pockets of Matt Groening that my my mouth fi- is filled with his lint. Yeah, you're finding his lint in your mouth. I'm finding his lint in my mouth. Yeah, his lint chocolate. Hopefully, that's what you mean, right? Yeah, of the course. Sweet little chocolate. What else could I possibly mean? Uh, you could have meant Gillian. What do chocolates. you keep in your pockets? <laughs> well, mostly Gillian chocolates. Um, <laughs> all right. <laughs> Fuck. But, wait, where was I going? See, whenever I see that seal of approval, I always think of the Nintendo seal of approval, which was like the seal of approval of my childhood. But the Nintendo seal of approval, all that meant was, we can verify that this is like a real thing. This isn't like pirated, basically. It was all it meant. We are okay with Mario's face being plastered on this thing. (sighs) See, I, um, these days, because I'm such a, such a millennial... Such yep. an internet-born and bred millennial. I just think of... Yeah, you're always popping and locking and... Yeah. yeah. I just think of a picture of a a happy um, seal, like a sea lion. Yeah. Seals and sea lions are different. I think of a happy seal with uh, Helvetica white text saying seal of approval. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. That's good, Nick. Should we put that on a shirt? Uh, what, our first ever pods in the Kia Springfield shirt? Sure. Yeah, sure. Why not? <laughs> we can get we can get you to draw one of your dashing seals wearing a top hat and a monocle. Those are dolphins, but sure. No, to branch out to a seal. Yeah, you I can't guess have so. the dolphin of approval. Or do you want to do that? Do you want to have the positive of the case Springfield dolphin of approval? No, I don't even want to explain what that joke means. 
Uh, the um, when they step into the cabin and that snake slivers between Buzz's legs, yes, that has always kind of freaked me out. That scene, that's an angry looking snake. I think, yeah, I'm always upset by that snake. I think it's a rattlesnake too. Yeah, judging by the, the little upside down ice cream cone on its tail. One of the worst snakes. One one of the worst. Right up there yeah. with Snake Jailbird. Um, <laughs> one of the worst snakes, I yeah. would say. I mean, if I was going to rank the snakes, that yeah. would not be making my end of season snake yeah. top five. To me, it's a bad snake. To you. Yeah. To, to no me, one else. In my opinion. Oh. Bad snake. Spe- speaking as a person. Yeah. Um, <laughs> as a snake non-enthusiast. <laughs> who is susceptible to snake and snake venom. Yes. Yes. Let's talk about this camp a little bit. One thing that I've noticed, uh, we've got Jimbo, <laughs> Kearney... I was about to make a really inappropriate joke. Would you it... like me to cut that out? Yes, I would. That was purely <laughs> yes, for your benefit, <laughs> not for the listeners, Mr. Black. If I upload the episode and it's just that. <laughs> <laughs> That's the only thing I leave in. <laughs> so some things I've noticed here. Uh, Kearney, Dolph, and uh, Jimbo... Yes. So they're the they're the leaders yes. of this whole camp. Yes. Uh, kind of strange, you know. They're going to have to go back to civilization eventually to see all these kids again. But whatever. One thing I noticed in the wait the, is the is the idea of a summer camp that the leaders are never supposed to see the people again. <laughs> well, they've just been so bad. They've been bad little boys to all these kids. Oh, uh, you okay. would think so, they're getting some shit. But uh, for a moment, I thought that was a piece of American culture that I'd never picked up. <laughs> They're like, okay, the only rule we've got is that if you're going to be a counsellor at this camp, you can never see these children again. I did make you watch Wet Hot American Summer. You did not enjoy it. Nope. (laughs) No, I did not. You know why? Because it was content and I'm Nick. (laughs) Yeah, it's not your kind of content, uh, as any content isn't. Mm. But uh, I noticed in one of the crowd shots, you know early on how Nelson has those two cronies? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I noticed they're at the camp. That's interesting. Without Nelson, seemingly. So they've Without been demoted, Nelson. it seems to me. They used to be, like, cronies of the head bully, and now they're being bullied, it seems to me. That's interesting. So there's been a little turnover yeah, a little, behind the scenes. A little, tu- a little apple turnover. Yeah, sh- sure. I also noticed. Yeah. Uh, you know was how... It a, was it a peach cobbler that you Jesus also noticed? Jesus fucking Christ. You know how towards the end of the episode, <laughs> we find out that one of the campers had their hat eaten by a bear? Yes. As far as I can tell, Millhouse is the only kid wearing a hat. Oh, curious. So I think Millhouse's hat gets eaten by a bear. That's a really good pickup. Yeah. That's a very good pickup. Yeah, so I think that's a... Uh, <clears throat> yeah, I think that's what happened. Unless, you know, the bear actually ate Millhouse entirely. And... Uh, Bart corrected himself after seeing how bad Krusty felt because Krusty's still his hero and he didn't want him to feel bad. Oh, and from now on, every time we see Millhouse, it's just Bart's imagination. It's just the ghost of Millhouse. What a... You know, this is an explosive theory. I think people are going to hear this and they're going to rethink the entire show. Wow. Yeah. That's pretty exciting. Yeah. Are you suggesting that the rest of the series is framed as Millhouse's death dream? Melhouse's death dream? That would be a weird thing for you to Explain say. Explain further. Well, because he's dead. Because he got eaten by a bear. Unless he's going to do a... Who was the Bible guy that got eaten by the whale and came out? Job? Jonah. Jonah. Yeah. yeah. Job. <laughs> Who's Job? Um, <clears throat> yeah, unless Milhouse is going to do a Jonah. Yeah. But I feel like Jonahing inside a whale is easier than Jonahing <laughs> inside a bear. Jonahing inside a whale. Remember <laughs> when I was like really young... You and Susie had so much fun. <laughs> That's my favorite thing to do. <laughs> oh, 
Ah, oh, fuck me. What a podcast. <laughs> oh, I've been wanting to get that on the podcast for weeks. I've started doing that in real life. Whenever anyone says, I remember when. Oh, just jump in. Rock was young. Me and Susie had so much fun. Fuck. I even said, I remember when I was young. I know. That was an even Man. better setup for me. All I was oh. going to say is that I remember... Uh, Jonah in the Whale being my favourite Bible story. <laughs> oh, interesting. Or maybe it was Noah. Who cares? Nah, it wasn't Noah. Noah was the flood guy. The uh, Hail to the Camp Krusty song fucks. <laughs> it's so good. Yes. <laughs> um, you know what? I've never really liked the dismount of that song. No? The uh, Trading Corporation? All, yeah. Blah, blah, blah. All rights reserved. Yeah, I've never really liked that as an end, but the rest of the song's great. Yeah, it's very good. It's very good. Um, things that I also like, uh, when we cut back to Krusty at... Oh, sorry, hang on. At Wimbledon. At yeah. Wimbledon. Not only is... I think this is one of the things that makes that story so dense. They didn't need to have Krusty doing anything, but mm. they decided to give him a, a C or a D story <laughs> through-line pickup of him going to Wimbledon. And it just starts so simply with him... Um, uh, approving all the products and then saying, ah, now I'm off to Wimbledon. It's like, what? Okay. And then it, we cut back to this interstitial story. I love it so much. And then when he's just sitting there eating a huge plate of strawberries and cream and gives it the old, mmm, strawberries. Which uh, his I, which, facial expressions are so good. Oh, they're so good. And whenever I pick up strawberries, I often, not mm. always, often, oftentimes, as off opposed ten. to sometimes. Yeah, sure. Uh, off to ten. Is it meant to be a base 10 counting? No. Oh my god. Um, <laughs> uh, well, it's good. D- d- just in case anyone listening to the podcast is wondering what level of pedant I am, I love when people say things like, you know, oh yeah, well, uh, uh, in the footy game on the weekend, oh, we absolutely decimated them. And I'm like, oh, you took out one in every 10. Interesting. Um, yeah, Nick is that guy. <laughs> I'm literally the worst person. <laughs> like, I'm just the worst. <laughs> Anyway, what was I saying? <laughs> Krusty. Wimbledon. Oh, mm, strawberries. Yeah. That was all. Sitting next to the Queen. It's a good little side thing. Oh, the sitting next to the Queen thing's interesting because um, I'm not sure if the writers in 1992, three? What are we doing? Two, closer to two. Maybe one even. Somewhere around there. These are things that we should know probably. Should know. I'm not sure if the writers have any concept of how old the Queen is because they depict a very young Queen. Mm. And even in the early 90s, the Queen was already several hundred thousand years old to the best of my recollection. Mm. Yeah, that sounds about right. The Queen is a mountain, right? (laughs) No. Um, have you got anything more to say about Cat Krusty? Yeah, there's like a few things. Oh. <laughs> so there's quite a lot. Right. We have not even touched on the Homer and Marge subplot. Homer and Marge. Which I, you know, they just, they stay at home and fuck a lot, which is nice. Oh yeah. I uh, love the implication that, uh, that your life will pick up if you just get rid of two of your children and keep the third one. Yeah, around. right. Yeah. Maggie's not really a thing in this episode. No, but if you, if you get rid of the two children who have gained some degree of uh, independence. Yeah, that's that's the key, and I believe America celebrates that every Fourth of July. Sure, gentlemen to evil. That's a good line. Very good line. In the and the I believe America celebrates that every Fourth of July. <laughs> right, well, celebrate I'm, it every day at the moment. Right, I think. Well, well, I'm back to alienating people who exist on the landmass of contiguous America. <laughs> 
So towards the end, this turns very Lord of the Fry uh, f- flies. <laughs> <laughs> Good reference to uh, a very nice a, a vegan, local fast, vegan food. fast food chain. Yeah, fast food um, chain. Now, Nick, have you read Lord of the Flies? Yes, I had to read it in year ten. I also watched the uh, mid fifties film adaptation. Okay, because I have done neither of those things. So tell me about Lord of the Flies. I think something in my kitchen just fell over, but it's probably yeah, fine. It's probably nothing. Um, just the ghoul. Oh wait, you want me to recap Lord of the Flies to you? Sure. Okay, so there's a there's there's a chubby kid called Piggy. Yeah. Um, Piggy's got some glasses. Yeah. At some point, the 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 kids somehow end up on an island. I don't even know how <laughs> sure. they end up on an island, to be honest. But it's a bunch of school kids, and it quickly breaks down into anarchy. Someone uses Piggy's glasses to try to start a fire so that they can cook things. The glasses get broken in the movie. And, but he had so much time. The bombs had fallen. He had so, don't worry, that someone will get that. Oh, oh, that. Yeah, sorry, I'm I, I'm thinking of the last brain cell. But I had so much time. I could have read books. Yeah. Homer's last brain cell. Oh. It's a, oh, that's what you're referring to. Is that a Simpsons thing? I'm referring to the Twilight Zone episode that that's parodying. Yeah, 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 yeah. No, I reckon the Simpsons tagged that as well. At ah, some point. great. Okay. I don't remember what episode it's in though. Um, Futurama did a pretty good parody of it. Oh, I've heard of that show. Yeah. Um, uh, my favorite part from the movie, and this might be in the book as well, but in the movie it's delivered particularly well, is that all the kids go running down to the beach, except one kid, probably Piggy actually, keeps stopping and like breathing heavily. And then one of them's like, what's up with you? And he's like, it's my asthma. <laughs> Meaning asthma. Yeah. And one of the other kids goes, sucks to your asthma. Which is a delivery I've always very much enjoyed. <laughs> and I remember when we were watching this movie in year 10, when it started, the tape, because it was on VHS, the tape had a bit of like hiss and crackle at the start of it. And one of the Ratbag students went, oh, distortation. And I was like, what an odd thing to yell in the middle of an English class when we're trying to watch Lord of the Flies. It really dates how old we are that in year 10 you're watching a VHS. 2002 VHS. Oh man, such were the the days. Anyway, uh, some other things. Sorry. What other notes that I have here? Was that a helpful summary of Lord of the Flies at all? Or? Yeah, there's like a kid and he uh, he overcomes his weaknesses. Feel good story of the year. At some point, the kids start beat. Uh, the kids start <laughs> chanting. Uh, so they catch a wild pig, not piggy. They catch yeah. another pig, and they start chanting, "Kill the pig, slit her throat, bash her in." Yeah, these are. This is also the exact plot of a later episode called Dust Bus of the Simpsons. So oh. you know, I'm, I'm familiar That's with weird. that. I would have thought Dust Bus would have been a a parody of Dust Boot, German war film, or yeah. English war film about World War II. Anyway, well, it is a German film, but I think, uh, yeah, because they're on the bus and the bus crashes and they end up on the island. Because um, oh, the, there's the other submarine episode of Simpson Tide. <clears throat> you mean Lost? Yeah, sure. Yeah. Why not? <laughs> sure. Uh, South of the Border plays at the end of this, and I remember that song being on that album uh songs in the key of uh what was it again podcasts yeah songs, songs in the, in the key, key of podcasts. podcasts yeah uh barney's really good at getting odd jobs that pops up in both of these episodes he gets oh. to be crusty and in the next episode he's operating the flying marge towards the end yeah so it's just a little side thing i feel like there's a lot of instances of barney just working odd jobs he's like handing out things yeah. in a diaper he becomes a plowman that's a really there's good a lot of, there's, you know little things here that's and a really there. good point Hey, do you reckon um, Barney or 
or Homer sat down to a ploughman's lunch when they were the plough king and Mr. Plough. You know, the cheese and the pickled onions and the, the pickles and the bread. Ploughman's lunch. Season four, episode two. <clears throat> also, Bug has an Ikarumba tattoo, which is a nice season one throwback. I guess he has that for the rest of the show. Uh, Streetcar named Marge. Streetcar named Marge. This episode fucks. Marge gets an Ikarumba tattoo. Nice little season one throwback. I guess she's got that for the rest of the series now. And that's been the podcast. Good night, everyone. <laughs> Chuck has finally had it with my shit. Um, uh, chalkboard in this. Bart is writing, my name is not Dr. Death. Yes. I've, which... got, a, I've got a theory on this. What's your theory? Uh, I've got a question. Maybe your theory will answer my question. Fuck. Because my be question is, then who is Dr. Death? Um, oh, fuck. I was about to give a history thing. Oh, what's the name of the... Oh, fuck. Internationally famous um, assisted suicide. Kevorkian? Yeah, Dr. Kevorkian. Yeah. Dr. Jack Kevorkian, I think yeah. his name is. Um, yes, but what I was going to say is that um, I think Bart has been to a certain um, biscuit slash cookie shop that we've seen in the previous episode. A biscuit slash cookie shop. Remember Cookie Colossus? Cookie Cookie Colossus. And yes. in Cookie Colossus, well, in the Not episode. Not to be confused with the Candy Dandy. Uh, no. Who is also in this episode. Who is also in this episode. Perhaps. The most important part of this episode. But uh, in the Would epi- you say that he is, in some ways, the 12th <laughs> Sure. I keep telling you, we need a list. <laughs> I did actually write a list. It's in the Google Doc we have. Fuck, is that? Yeah. <laughs> Nick, I keep telling you, I've written the list. Oh, sorry, James. Oh, I'm Nick, by the way. Oh. <laughs> uh, 39 minutes in. <laughs> I thought I should do that because I I think some people still aren't sure who we are, and then I addressed myself in a comment. Because we're not anyone. Oh, wait. Can I tell you about a birthday card I saw on Monday? (laughs) Yeah. Okay. So, every now and then at work, we get these things delivered where it's like, hey, here's a bunch of cheap, you know, books and whatever and and whatever. And you can order them through work or through this external company. Anyway. There was a box of 30 hilarious birthday cards. The box was called Laugh a Minute. And the tagline was 30 hilarious birthday cards. Brilliant. Not 30. There were six designs and five of each. So already they're not on my side. The designs were not hilarious and they were not a laugh a minute. It would be something like the cover would be like a toddler with a cheeky smile and like a, a a necklace. Yeah. And then it would say something like, uh, or I think the one with the toddler wearing a necklace said, um, behind every innocent smile is a cheeky side, dot, dot, dot. And then the inside of the card just says, happy birthday. <laughs> I'm like, that's, you haven't written the second part of this joke. So here's the thing. A laugh a minute is a very bad hit rate for a birthday card. <laughs> a birthday That's card a that is meant to be funny should have you laughing within about eight seconds. Within about eight. I was going to say nine seconds, so yeah. You know, I was going to say nine as well. I thought, nah, eight. eight. <laughs> Let's be real here. Hey, what are we? Some kind of slow reading dingus? I'm not going to need nine seconds. But the most baffling card of all, and I've actually got photos of this just in case you don't believe cool, me. that'll translate well to an audio medium. Well, I mean, I, I realize that you have absolutely no reason to not believe me on this. But... Um, Mm-hmm. So the front cover is a picture of 
a picture of a little boy playing a trumpet. Yep, he's playing a trumpet. The trumpet's and sort of like 3D, like it's poking yeah, out of the page. Yeah, yeah. yeah the, the, like they've, they've stuck an additional trumpet on. And it says, I hate to blow my own horn. Trumpet. Oh, sorry. I hate to blow my own trumpet, but... And then on the inside, I look damn good for my age. Happy birthday to me. Literally, what the fuck? That's a card you could buy. Like, we could buy that card for each other. Because our birthdays are on the same day. We have a target audience of that card. Actually, that's a really good point. <laughs> Maybe I shouldn't hate this card so much. But who is? are they targeting the Alzheimer's market? Who sends birthday cards to themselves? <laughs> Was that joke too harsh? Ah. Ah. <laughs> um, uh, no, my thing on the My name is not Dr. Death So Bart has Yeah, been, fuck, that's what we were talking about Bart, 20 minutes ago <laughs> Bart had to, That was 20 minutes ago Bart has been to Cookie Colossus And yep. you, you remember when we talked about that In the episode where Homer bought the big cookie from Cookie Colossus yep. That it could be There could be mind control drugs in the cookie Because oh, yes, then yes, yes, Santa's yes, little yes. hopeless starts to learn English And yep, we thought Santa's that was a weird thing it, yep, yep. So Bart's had a cookie from Cookie Colossus. He's got Dr. Colossus's mind control drugs now implanted in him. Sure. And Dr. Colossus, I think, is very conscious of the fact that he needs to stay on brand. Mm. And that maybe there have been some incidents in Springfield that we haven't seen. And they have been r- incorrectly attributed to this Dr. Death. And Colossus mm. is like, no, that was me, damn it. I'm going to... I'm going to invade the brain of a 10-year-old boy and get him to write, my name is not Dr. Death. Okay. Then who is El Bato? Uh, that one I'm still working on. Okay, good. If you'd like to have a look at... Uh, this yeah, you've got this board over here with <laughs> a lot, <laughs> a lot, lot of, of pins. <laughs> a lot of pins and red string. Yeah. Yeah, all this yarn you've got on the table is actually from your pin board. Yeah. Can I just point out to the listeners that you and I both leant back and started gesturing to an empty wall then. <laughs> <laughs> but we both did it at the same time without taking a cue from each other and I enjoyed it. Ah, oh, what a dumb podcast we have. It's honestly the worst thing I've ever listened to. Um, I, can, I can say I'm listening to it because I'm wearing headphones. <laughs> So this episode, uh, which I guess we should talk about, opens with them watching the Miss American Girl pageant. Sure. And there is something so nostalgic about this scene of The Simpsons just watching, like, shit TV. Yeah, totally. I feel like, um, I don't know, that's not a thing I do anymore. Like, I'll flick through Netflix and watch something shit on there. They're just sitting down and like, <laughs> what's on? Uh, some, like, lousy shit show. <laughs> Let's spend the entire night watching that. It's like this weird, like, nostalgic throwback to being young. Totally. I I love the idea of you saying, oh, it sucks that no one watches shit TV anymore. Now I have to go handpick my own shit. Yeah. Um, I do enjoy, though, occasionally when you get, like, stuck in a hotel room that has a limited selection of channels. I do enjoy the kind of, you know, hour, hour and a half where you've, you've come home from a late dinner you've you've had quite a few drinks no one's quite ready for bed but you didn't want to be out anymore yeah and then you sit in the hotel room and you put something shit on and then you just start watching it and by the end of it you're really really into it i'm thinking of a very specific yeah i was gonna say you were describing one thing that has happened to you Uh, no i've I've done it in a few times in hotels you just put something shit on and then by the end of it you're really into it the most recent thing that it happened with was um, <laughs> surf life-saving championships <laughs> where they get like a little section of like garden hose, put it in some sand and then like eight people run towards it. But there's only seven bits of garden hose. <laughs> we watched this for hours, James. Sounds like good fun. Uh, yeah, it was all right. Yeah. Good times. Uh, Nick. Yes. Have you read 
or seen a production of a streetcar named Desiree. <laughs> or Desire, to use as a you know, proper word name. Desiree, the pop star that put out the song Life. <laughs> yeah, didn't want to see a ghost, would no. rather have a piece of toast, watch the evening news. <laughs> yeah. What lyrics? I remember hearing that song as a like as a nine year old and thinking, "What the fuck is this?" I don't want to see a ghost. Rather have a piece of toast. Watch the evening news. I remember like saying to my mum, "Why is this on the radio?" Oh, sorry, I missed a line. <laughs> I don't want to see a ghost. That's the sight that I fear most. I'd rather have a piece of toast and watch the evening news. Yeah, I'm not I- going to bother re-singing it. <laughs> It seemed like an unnecessary thing the first time around, to be honest. Yeah. <laughs> Imagine, like, looking at those lyrics and thinking, yeah, these are good enough. <laughs> and then recording the song and people play it on the radio. <laughs> like it's a perfectly normal thing to do. Imagine listening to that song and saying, you know what? We should put this on the air. And not This only, is an experience people should have. Not only that, there are other lines in that song that must have... She, Desiree must have copped some flack for that. Like, I'll take you up on a dare anytime, anywhere. Name the place, I'll be there. Bungee jumping, I don't care. So for how long after that song was released, it was like, ring, ring, Desiree, is that you? Yeah, alright. I've got a couple of Trinidad Scorpion chilies. Meet me in Belize. And then you just hang up the phone. She's like, fuck, I've got to travel to Belize now and eat some fucking chilies. Not to mention that the lyric, the chorus is, life, oh life, oh life, oh life, do, 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 do. Oh, Desiree. You know, she's named after a type of potato. You know that. There's a type of potato called a Desiree potato. It's one of the waxy types of potato. <laughs> I know. It's very waxy. I know. Can you imagine? Like, ring, ring, Desiree. Yeah. 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 It's me again. I, I've got a ton of Desiree potato. Yeah, I know. I picked them especially for you. i got a ton of Desiree potatoes. Anyway, meet me in Vladivostok. Ding. <laughs> She's got to eat a ton of potatoes was the dare there. I didn't make that very clear. Firstly, the only thing that I would like on Wax is the soundtrack to this episode. Very good. <laughs> Getting all the uh, O Streetcar songs. You know Which it... are also on that album, songs in the um, something or another. Uh, I'm trying to think of a synonym for key. Le- it's like so- legend. Yeah, songs in the legend of Four Finger Discount. Yeah. Like... <laughs> hey, you know what, man? What? You are the absolute, you are an absolute bottom left-hand corner of a map. That's right. You're a legend. Cool. Uh, <laughs> I'd like to excuse myself from the rest of the podcast. I've always viewed you as my bottom right-hand corner of the map, my compass. <laughs> <laughs> Guiding right. me towards... Let's talk about the episode of The Simpsons. You know, I've often viewed you as the top right-hand corner of the map. You're an absolute Rand McNally. <laughs> um, Have you ever read a streetcar named Desire? <laughs> I don't think so. Okay. Because that's by... um. <laughs> Tennessee Williams Tennessee Williams Tin Thank Tennessee you. Williams Yes Or like yeah. a <laughs> To steal a joke From the podcast The Flop House Oh nice uh, Tennessee Williams Yes All I could think Was uh, Oklahoma Stevens um, <laughs> Different playwright uh, I've read Glass Menagerie By Tennessee Williams You know There's a character In there Called Jim O'Connor I didn't know that Yeah So when wow. we Studied that In high school When we read it In class I got to be Jim because my name what? is Mr. Thompson. <laughs> I see the connection. Yeah. Uh, that's fun. So when I read A Streetcar Named Desire... My favourite thing about Glass Menagerie, there's a scene where the mum and the son are arguing about breakfast. 
And she says, no, come on, you have to eat breakfast. Sit down and eat a bowl of Purina and cream. And I'm assuming in 1930s America, Purina was a cereal. But in, <laughs> 2000, a in 2000s Australia, Purina is <laughs> a cat food. I found it very amusing that the mum's like, it's very unhealthy to not have breakfast. Sit down and eat this cat food and smother it in cream, you fuck. <laughs> exact words. Exact words. So when I read A Streetcar Named Desire in high school... Uh, I had a lot of oh okay as <laughs> well as reading it because of this episode. I had a few. A lot of like oh, that. that's what the joke was there. I had a few moments like that when I watched The Shining, an episode which may or may not have gone up. I haven't. It will have gone up. It, it will yeah, have gone up. Yeah. Yes, The Shining. Yeah, good movie. Sure. <laughs> so my notes in this one are kind of frantic now that I look at them because I just got increasingly excited while I was watching this sure. episode. So tell me more about your notes. Okay, uh, one of them, one of my notes here is, Marge is looking for a way to meet other adults. This show is so good. Why did they ruin it? It's so upsetting. Yes. That's one of them. That's good. I really like like that, that Marge is looking for a way to meet. Yep. Uh, Then in quote marks... That is good, actually. It's wonderful. It's so good. It's Mm. such good writing. Uh, I've got in quote marks a quote from one of the women in the pageant. And, uh, I apologize for my unfortunate remarks at the United Nations. That's Under good. that, I have written it firing on all cylinders. <laughs> cylinders is underlined. I'm glad that we are getting your formatting as well, delivered <laughs> in audio form. I've got just in all caps in the middle of the page. Play enjoyed by all. Each individual letter in all is spaced out and underlined. <laughs> because this episode is so good. John Lovitz is really kicking goals in this yeah, episode. Yeah, he plays both Llewellyn Sinclair and Llewellyn Sinclair's sister. Well, that's... I, I... When we first... When he said, my sister runs a daycare. And then we see Miss Sinclair in the Ayn Rand School for Toddlers. Um, Ayn Rand? Ayn Rand. Doesn't yeah, matter. Which is such um, a absurdly good little thing off to the side it is it's throwing shade at Anne Rand and her whole philosophy which Mm. I'm going to bring it up on my phone just in case anyone's not familiar with the teachings of Anne Rand sure so I had it open did I I fucking closed it like a dickhead dingus Anne Rand principles okay so uh Here's a quote from her. My philosophy, in essence, is the concept of man as a heroic being with his own happiness as the moral purpose of his life, with productive achievement as his noblest activity, and reason as his only uh, absolute. So that is objectivism. Her philosophy is basically, uh, fuck everyone, get yours. But, like, really, truly, fuck everyone. You're the only person who should matter. I kind of zoned out there, and I tuned back in on you saying, fuck everyone, you're the only person that matters, and I'm like, thanks, man. <laughs> yeah, I do I do uh, encompass Randian principles, you're right. <laughs> I encompass and I eclipse. So it's this, and this whole segment with Maggie going to the Anne Rand School for Tarts, oh, it's exactly. like... I just want to point out that it was the first time that I went, hang on a minute, does John Lovitz also do the voice of his sister? And I yeah. checked it, and he does. And it made it heaps funnier. So good. Not in like a not in like an Eddie Murphy playing all the characters kind of way, because that kind of bores me. But mm. hearing the differences that that John Lovitz was putting in the the female version of his voice was very very fun. Yeah. The, I mean, if anything, it's a more masculine voice in some ways. It's kind of interesting the way he does it, I think. It's oh, a- also the character model of Llewellyn looks an awful lot like Twinson from the Twinson's Odyssey games. <laughs> Yeah, okay. I don't know what that game is, but if you say it's true... Yes. Yeah. So we get this, like, 
this sort of critique of Randian principles that then transitions into a parody of The Great Escape yes. that then transitions into a parody of Hitchcock's The Birds. Oh, is that what that... Oh, okay. Yeah, the scene of all the babies soaking the pacifiers is like the last shot of The Birds. I really enjoy... Followed um, by a Hitchcock cameo. It's nuts. Uh, yes, the Hitchcock cameo is... And I, I should have guessed The Birds because I literally turned to you and said, what's the Hitchcock par- parody there? Probably The Birds. Um... I've got here a note that says reverberatory suckling. <laughs> I really, I really enjoy the eeriness of the noise uh, that all the little kids make when they're suckling their thing. Uh, the sound design is wonderful. Everything is wonderful. This so, episode is so fucking good. So the one in blue is the protagonist Twinson in the game Twinson's Odyssey. Ah, uh, okay. It's a mad bullshit early <laughs> 90s video game. And it looks a little bit like the character model for... Uh, I keep going to say Lawrence Llewellyn Bowen. That's the stupid fucking interior designer from that stupid reality show. I just keep thinking of the movie Inside Llewellyn Davis because that's the only reason I know how to spell the name Llewellyn. Oh, uh, what about Robert Llewellyn, uh, guy that played Crichton and Red Dwarf? Sure, that's the other way I know how to spell Llewellyn. How does Mister? How does No Content Nick know that? <laughs> How do you just mysteriously know everyone who's ever done anything, <laughs> despite having watched nothing and liking no one? <laughs> uh, there's a um, it's at, such a good question at the audition in the background of one scene. In fact, we see a few recognizable characters in the background of yeah, the audition, do. but early on we see the candy dandy. Yes. Or the man who works at Candy Dandy or Dandy Candy or whatever no, it's called. I, but we like I, to think I of think, him as the Candy Dandy. I think he is the eponymous Candy Dandy. Yeah. Who runs a shop that bears his eponym. Yeah. <laughs> Good use of eponym there. Thanks, man. <laughs> My notes are kind of scattered on this one because it's just me writing like excited weird shit. But um, I really like the fact that Lou Allen... Very clearly, like, understands the characters in A Streetcar Named Desire very well, but has fundamentally misunderstood the individual scenes in very weird ways. Yes, I do, yeah. Like, opening with, like, all the musical content just, like, misunderstands the play in fun ways. Which is is such a clever way of doing this. Totally, because it's like, oh no, he's he's a competent director. He just doesn't know what he's doing with it. Because then you get to get, like, you get to have, like, an honest-to-goodness, like comparison between Marge and like Blanche Dubois that actually takes into account what happens with Blanche Dubois and what kind of character she is Mm. and what the problems in her life were and how she was mistreated but then you also just get like this wacky shit once the play starts it's It's so so fucking good it's very very good there's a scene in um in this where Flanders says yes in a weird way that I remember in in the in the Burnsian way that became a meme Yeah. yeah Yes. Yes. I remember seeing that uh, with a friend when, like, before any of this really, before any meme around the word yes really took off, (laughs) and we became obsessed with the way Flanders says yes in this scene. Wait, what's the way he says yes? It's it's very Burnsy, and it's just yes. Because it's Harry Shearer again, I'm pretty sure. Yeah, can you give me the... uh, Sorry, I I don't want to step on your moment. I'm curious as to know where he says that, though. It's uh, it's not. It's one of the early rehearsal him. scenes where it's just Marge and him and Llewellyn before Marge really figures the character oh, out. Okay, sure. And he says, "Now, Ned." And he says, "Yes." Ah, oh, cool. it's like very truncated. 
It's beautiful. <clears throat> Excellent. I like it. It's also a bit where Llewellyn Sinclair tastes one of Marge's peanut butter brownie <laughs> things. And he says, well, would anyone else like a bite of banality? And Wiggum says, I would. Yeah. I think about this because I am 100% the guy who will eat the shit brownie. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, in most situations, eating some brownie is better than eating no brownie at all. Yes. I can't say I've ever had a peanut butter brownie. I used to... Have I talked about the ridiculous brownies I used to make for work? No. Um, but it seems relevant, so I continue on. Uh, I used to... <laughs> I, I, I decided that the key to doing a good uh, dessert was to put other desserts inside dessert. Yeah, <laughs> and sure. so I would um, uh, pour half the brownie batter into the, the cake tin... Um, and then place like fun-sized Mars bars and fun-sized Twix and fun-sized Snickers and then pour the other half of the brownie batter over the top sure. so that when you slice into them, each each square of brownie has like half a... And I used to lay them but out... You never in know a, which one? No, I used to lay them out in a... Gri- oh, sorry. I, I would do like a tray of Mars and a tray of Twix and a sure. tray of Snickers. And I used to lay them out in a grid and then follow that grid with my slicing so that every square had exactly half a fun-sized um, candy bar in it. Okay, good. Mm, it was fun. It was really tasty. Tried it with um, M&M's once. They were shit. They went to the bottom of the mix and then they bled out all of their color. So if you looked at the bottom, it just looked like a moldy brownie. I'm up for that. Well, I suppose <laughs> I did just espouse the idea that eating a bad brownie is better than eating no brownie at all. So yes, moldy brownies, we're on board. Homer's real garbage in this episode. Mm, oh, real the, trash. He's the worst. Just an absolute piece of shit. And this got me thinking, you know, there's the earlier episode, Homer Alone, in which Homer is alone. Yeah. And he's got Maggie with him. But, you know, like the other kids have to go away. Now, in this episode, why does Maggie have to go to the Ayn Rand top place? Why can't she just stay at home with her dad? Yeah, this is a recurring theme, isn't it? Yeah. Fuck. And then um, we're supposed to be... I suppose we're supposed to be annoyed at Homer in later episodes when he kind of forgets that he has a third child. It's yeah. like, well, it's not a surprise. Marge doesn't let Homer spend any time with Maggie. Yeah, Marge, the dog doesn't count as a kid. Exactly. Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Homer's, Speaking of Maggie... Homer's she, bad in this one. She's When she gets put into the little playpen and the, the other kid throws her a ball to keep herself amused with, she's really good at throwing a ball. Yeah, she's excellent. And what I want to know... All of Maggie's Great Escape stuff, is that silly little hijinks, which we're not supposed to take seriously, or is it an in-canon demonstration of genius? I mean, I've always taken... I have not seen The Great Escape, so I'm just kind of assuming here, but I imagine there must be a scene where he goes into solitary. I would imagine so. And I assume that's what it is. But I also think Maggie is demonstrably a a genius. Okay, so... Almost a demon there, I think. That would have been an excellent Freudian slip. But in terms of, like, her whole execution of the plan... Yeah. Silly disposable hijinks that we're not meant to take seriously, or genuine story building, genuine genius? Well... Or are you not prepared to put your chips on that? I just think, I don't know, all this Maggie stuff is so off to the side. You know, we never really get episodes focused on Maggie, even when she's, like, shooting old men. It's just a little little thing off to the side. So I think... Uh, shooting old men? Yeah. Spoiler alert. Oh, oh. Hey, Nick. Nick. Yeah, man. Nick. Who, who shot Mr. Burns in the end? Did was we it, ever find that out? Wasn't it JR from Dallas? Yeah. Okay. Did that reference fly? <laughs> not really. Kind of. Oh. <laughs> Wasn't... Oh. JR was the one who got shot. 
Yeah, yeah. That's yeah. What I, yeah, that I was intentionally doing it that way. Oh, okay. Yeah. Okay. I don't know who shot JR, though. I've never uh, seen that show. Uh, I'll find out. <laughs> it's probably fine. No, it's, it'll, it'll be a very quick thing. Uh, who shot JR? People at work today were saying that the German for mulled wine is glue wine, but I was hearing it as like glue wine, and I'm like, no, it's a, don't drink wine, it's very glue. What? You it's making me click through Wikipedia to find... Is it just me or is Google not as helpful as it used to be? I agree. Uh, Should we be using a different search engine? Kristen. It was Kristen who jotted JR at her psychiatrist's office. Ah, good for her. As you get it, girl. she's discussing the gun. I don't know who Kristen is. There's also a reference here to a Sue Ellen. I assume that's Sue, Sue Ellen Mischke, of course. From, yeah. Sein- yeah. from Seinfeld. Um, from the Simsfeld crossover universe. Um, speaking of crossover universes, when Apu does his little song, yep. and it has the line, will this bewitching floozy seduce this humble newsy, the melody there has always, always, always taken me out of that moment and put me into the um, uh, the, the song in Mary Poppins where the children are asking for a nanny. I've never seen Mary Poppins. Wow! Well, when we get to the Sherry Poppins episode, I'm going to make you watch a movie that I've seen. Yeah, okay, I'm up for that. Oh. Fuck, why would I not be? This doesn't work the other way It's one of the most beloved movies of all time. I want to see it. There's a sequel coming out this year. Emily Blunt is playing uh, Mary Poppins. Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Yeah. I really like Emily Blunt. Have you seen Edge of Tomorrow? Oh, was that the the Tom Cruise Groundhog Day but set in war? Yeah. Yeah, wasn't it originally called like Sleep, Kill, Repeat or something? All You Need Is Kill was the original name. (laughs) That's the name of the original. All You Need Is Kill. All you need is... Yeah, that was the name of the manga it was based on. Why are you crossing out a note? <laughs> After you saying all you need is kill. <laughs> We've been through this. I cross things out on a one comment delay. Let me have a look at that note. <laughs> it says, sing all you need is kill to the tune of all you need is love. You found me out. Don't ever take my notebook again. That was a surprisingly invasive action. <laughs> I feel weird about it. Oh, I can cross out Twinson equals Llewellyn as well. <laughs> you sure can. Um, and then I'll say my, my last note. I've got a full page of notes left. <laughs> yeah, I know, but I always throw my book away before you finish. Um, in my, it's, it's my thing, man. In the curtain call, we see the yo-yo team from a previous episode, and we see a guy in a bear costume. We do. <laughs> Buy a book. By by book. Uh, the scene where Llewellyn throws change down on the ground, <laughs> and it's so much change. And <laughs> I've always enjoyed that scene. It reminded me of um, an episode we just released today as of recording, oh. where you flick a coin, and oh, the yeah. noise it makes is so perfect. Like At the time, we didn't think that much of it, but then we listened back afterwards... And the flick, and then the land, and the little clink. It was so mm. perfect. Mm. So the sound of coins is very satisfying to me, I've decided. Um, how is your um, uh, uh, poker machine addiction going? <laughs> that as well as uh, Homer's addiction to the lottery. Good. Yeah. Good tie back. It's going very well, is what I'm mm. saying. I'm winning mm. constantly. You tied that back as smoothly as Llewellyn's hair is tied back in this episode of The Simpsons. And you tied up that notch as smoothly as um, someone who enters a knot tying contest and does a relatively good job. Jimmy Knotsman. <laughs> sure. 
leading not tying Scotsman. Julie Kavner's Louisiana accent is pretty bad. Yeah. She does not do a good job. No. Yardley Smith, on the other hand, pretty good, I think. <laughs> that's that's a fun little wrinkle. Um <laughs> I feel like Yeah, I was I was wondering though, is was Kavner told to like do we expect Marge to be unknowingly bad like Marge doesn't realise how bad she is or should Marge have just been good at the accent well I think Julie Cavan is just not a very good singer <laughs> it's the unfortunate oh, thing yeah. s- singing in a character voice is very difficult yeah um, I think she's also just not good outside of that either from yeah I haven't seen it but as I based on another podcast I listened to recently apparently in the musical version of the film I'll do anything she's pretty bad I'll do anything based on the uh, pop punk 2002 hit by Simple Plan called I'd Do Anything. Well, it was actually directed by James L. Brooks, one of the executive producers of The Simpsons. James L. Brooks. He's yes. the guy that sits at the, the... He's the guy that dresses like the Monopoly man and sits at the cash register. Possibly. In the Sam Simon, like the... Yeah, 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 yeah I think office. so. Oh. Yeah. That can get cut. <laughs> <laughs> no, we'll leave it in. <laughs> We're leaving all of this in. This this episode's going to be four hours long. Not, not far off. They're getting there. Uh, what else have I got here? Uh, we were talking about people who show up in the background. Sure. There's a wide shot just before the play. Yes. It zooms out. We see some of the other players. Interesting Some game. of the other dramatis personae. We see the Sunday school teachers in this play. Yes. The one that we've seen in a few scenes. Mm-hmm. We see that the... Um, the woman who works at the gifted school that Bart goes to, uh, Memsay and Bart, Bart, Rabbi has memory, yep. To give her her full name. <laughs> we see a guy who looks suspiciously like Sideshow Bob. Yeah, who I thought in the canon of the show is meant to be in prison still for trying to murder yeah. Selma. You would think so, yes. You'd think so, yeah. We, um, of course, we saw the candy dandy, so this got us thinking who else could be here? Which other minor tertiary characters might we just be seeing the back of here? Mr. Teeny? I was kind of thinking maybe Norman? Fucking Norman? Greg Norman, Australian golfer? Yeah. No, um, of course, you mean, you mean, it's time for dun 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 Norm Watch. Norm Watch! Um, all we need is Norm! We harmonise that surprisingly well, considering we've never practised it. Um, okay, welcome back to All We Need Is Norm. Um, so, as you might remember, in the very first episode, we see a reference. We, we see Homer saying, "Hey, Norm, you got dragged here too, buddy." And we, since then, we're on the lookout to find Norm. Now, none of the characters in the wide shot that you're talking about are named, but yep. I think there is a good chance that because we can't see all of their faces and we can't identify all of them based on their clothing because they're in costume, I think there's a real chance that one of them is Norm. Perhaps Norman Plute, the real estate agent from one of the Treehouse of Horror episodes. Yep, yep, yep. Perhaps a different iteration of Norm. We're not sure. We are following these leads. We will give you hourly updates as we can in this 24-hour news cycle, which we don't exist in because we're a podcast. I would like to put a proposal forward. Please do. I think we should change the name from uh, All You Need Is Norm to sure. Edge of Normoro. <laughs> I just don't think All You Need Is Norm is going to take off on the international market. <laughs> what are the chances that that was going to bend back? Fuck. Oh, you know, if we had scripted that, I would be proud of us. <laughs> but I'm so much prouder that we plucked that out of nothing. High five, man. 
<laughs> what a nice one. Five that was. We are killing it around the clock tonight. Oh, killing it around the clock. So Llewellyn's uh, sister shows up to the play, but we've just seen that the Anne Rand School for Tots is full of babies. Who's looking after these babies? Who's looking after the babies? Is there another employee? Who can say? Is it part of the Randian School of Philosophy? It's like, well, you can find your own way home, you schmucks. <laughs> Well, I guess she's putting herself first by letting the babies fend for themselves. So, yeah, kind of. Yeah. So, there you go. I guess a lot of babies may be dying this episode up to the side. Hopefully not. That would be a bit grim. Did we plan on doing a Simpsons death toll? (laughs) Did we plan? I don't know. I feel like maybe we mentioned it in like our third episode. We're like, oh, we should keep track and then have never, never, <laughs> never even thought about it. I would add about a hundred babies. <laughs> is that grim? That's too grim. This whole episode, I think, is fairly grim, but that's good. Good. It's good. Uh, so, I really like. I remember reading Streetcar Named Desire and getting to the end, and suddenly realizing, oh, that song about depending on the kindness of strangers is really funny and grim and weird. <laughs> Yes. Because that's her being institutionalized. Oh, shit. Yeah, the strangers are like the people who have come to cart her away. Wow, okay. Yeah. That was an interesting thing on it. Yeah, so like a song about like taking this very literally and how a stranger is just a friend you haven't met mm. is such a wonderful fundamental misunderstanding Standing. of the play. It's that's, so good. That's lovely. Um, That song does get stuck in my head quite a bit. Yeah. I got, uh, I got two other things to say about this episode of sure, uh, popular animated sitcom The Simpsons. Simpsons. Uh, first of all, I think the ending for this one actually lands pretty well with Homer and Marge outside. Something I've been going back and forth about since we watched it, though, mm. is like I, I enjoy that we find out that Homer took on a lot more of the play than we expected. Yeah. I'm not sure about the bit where he can't remember the Marge's character's name, though. I, I guess that's done to drive one last bit home that he wasn't paying attention, which is then pull back and reveal he was paying attention. But when it was like, I was just like, oh, it's a bit cheap that he can't remember the Marge's character's name. I feel like I identify with that, though. Like, I remember in my first year of university doing an English, uh, English exam, and I had to write an essay in the exam about the Merchant of Venice. And I sat there and realized, oh, fuck, I only remember the names of two of the characters from the Merchant of Venice. So the entire essay... Every time I had to name another character, I just wrote who they were in relation to these two characters I remember the names of. <laughs> so I deeply relate to Homer not remembering okay. Blanche's name. That's fair. Um, also, who are the two characters that you remember? Can you still remember them now? No. Oh. No, I do not. I was really hoping we'd have a okay, nice there was Okay, um, there was The Merchant... Yeah, and then there was John Venice. Merchant, yeah. and then there was Venice, which, Venice. I also, which I no, the, the town of Venice, which I also consider <laughs> oh, yeah. a character in the yeah, Shakespearean. Nick, you have to think about the way that like Venice is a character in the Merchant of Venice. Sure, yeah, all the canals, yeah, all that water, all the uh, fjords, hmm, hmm, all the gondoliers. Yes, I'm. Th- I'm. I'm. I want I'm... to swing from the gondoliers, etc. <laughs> <laughs> this is me. Like I've got. Here's the joke I would make <laughs> if I had energy. <laughs> from the gondoliers, <laughs> etc. My last thought on this episode is: it's a shame that Marge doesn't keep acting after this episode. That she takes it, she throws it away, it's and really... there's not a part of her character anymore. 
Yeah. Because she seems to enjoy doing the play. And it shows a connection with Homer, because he pays attention... Yeah. Possibly through osmosis, but... And, like, more importantly, it gives Marge something to do, because, like, her whole character is that she kind of stays at home and doesn't have many friends, and just looks after the house and the children. Does Marge... Ta- the, the final scene where Homer realises that he's a lot like Stanley. Yeah. Does Marge tag out of that with a line that says, like, oh, well, I guess I'll never do any of this again? Because I don't think she does. No. So, no, she says, so you know, maybe a little. She's like, yeah, so, you're a little like Stanley. So it's not even explained that she never does any kind of acting again. No, I guess, like, we're just meant to take it low. Oh, they all, like, had a nice time. They learned a little lesson, and uh, Marge is happy. But we never get to... There's no follow-through, which is just a common thing in The Simpsons. But it's still a shame. It would have been nice if that had become, like, a little character thing for her. Mm. That she... Because I feel like they revisit her love of art very occasionally. Yeah. And Marge is always, like, sort of framed as a, like, a creative person who never really gets an outlet. Mm. Kind of like how Lisa is kind of like the misunderstood intellectual. Yeah. Marge is the creative person who doesn't get to be creative. Um, the fact that Homer is distracted from a lot of the play, uh, like, the, the Marge's lead up to the play, he's distracted from a lot of that by... Uh, the bowling video game. Yeah. Is that meant to be a nod to the last time that Marge went out and did something independent just for herself, which was the bowling lessons? Oh, possibly. It's an interesting reach, isn't it? Yeah. We both laughed very, very hard at the bit where Marge says there's no bowling in the play. Oh, wait, yes, there is. And Homer says probably not much of it. Oh, that's just... Fucking so good. It's, It's a wonderful character trait of Homer to... Not go in expecting something, find out that there's not, find out there's a little bit and be annoyed that there isn't more. When uh, I, that's another thing where I read that play where I got to the scene where there's some bowling. I'm like, ah, there it is. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck, that's great. <laughs> and there actually is a cane in the movie, Citizen Kane. So, you know, it's all connected. Seriously? Yeah. Is there a citizen as well? There's a citizen. One but... day, one day I'll, I'll see that. Oh. As part of our <clears throat> mini series, uh, 22 long films of or tangentially. <laughs> Motorbike Mike, there Motor- he is. Motorbike Mike's back. Uh, 22 long films of or tangentially related to Springfield. Yeah. I feel like that's not the full title. <laughs> but anyway, it doesn't matter. Uh, one day I'll see Citizen Kane, and you'll see Mary Poppins. Yeah, sure. Sure. <laughs> I, I kind of like Mary... I think I like Mary Poppins. Do you? Are there any references to Frozen in The Simpsons? <laughs> Maybe in some of the modern stuff, but we've got such a long way before What if Simpsons modern? modern That'll be the question we'll eventually tackle. What if Simpsons still on TV? Yeah. Okay. Okay, <laughs> well that was our episode of Pods in the Key of Springfield. Pitkos. Yeah. I think this is going to end up being a fairly long one, so thank you for sticking with it. Uh, <laughs> as always... Uh, God, how do we end these things? It feels um, like it feels like we started this four years ago. <laughs> find us on all the social medias. Yep. Um, uh, I don't know. There are links in the show notes to all the social medias. Yeah, usually. Um, thanks for uh, l- listening. Is that yeah. still a verb the kids are using? <laughs> yeah, listening is a verb. <laughs> okay. Is it a transitive or an intransitive? Verb? I don't give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, thanks everyone. We'll be back. Uh, actually, at the time this goes out, I don't know if we're going to be back to weekly or still fortnightly. I think we're going to try to go weekly yeah. from here. All right, sweet. We'll do that. Um, everyone will be fine. Uh, we love you all. Thanks. At the time of recording this, we haven't actually finished last week's episode either, or last fortnight's episode. Yeah. Which hopefully was really good. <laughs> yeah, I hope so. I mean, I got the comic, which is nice. Yeah, that is nice. Yeah. Yeah, you stole that comedian. Yeah, sure. Uh, Wizzle Wuzzle. Um, oh, God, i got to think of a line from the play. Um, uh, fuck. Um, <laughs> my name's Atu, and I'm here to play Pablo. Also, the city of uh, you know New Orleans got really pissed off at this uh, episode. Yeah, we're, yeah. Th- we're going to talk about that. That was like yeah. a whole thing. Okay, bye. Bye. That only holds a little SOBs. <laughs> what the? Here's the story of a pot about the Pradies. <laughs> <laughs> Got nothing else. That's that's very good. Um, uh, no, I have no idea.